Last week, there was a celebration across the globe. The music was loud and joyous, and the voices of believers were raised in praise, all to commemorate Easter morning and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first Easter morning was not like that at all. It was not decorated with happiness or filled with the sounds of celebration. The first Easter morning was cloaked in sadness and shrouded in silence. It was the third day after the Roman guards had pinned Jesus to that old rugged cross. The third day after we watched blood pour from his body like water. The third day after they wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a tomb. It was the third day after our hopes came crashing down around us, leaving us feeling betrayed and abandoned. My brother, Cleopas, and I had stayed in Jerusalem that weekend until the Sabbath was over, with nothing to do but wallow in our bewilderment and talk about what went wrong. It was torture. Then, right before Cleopas and I started our walk back to the village of Emmaus, some of the women of our group ran into the room where we were staying and started yelling nonsense about Jesus' tomb being empty. Oh, great, I had thought to myself. The tragedy of this week was driving them over the edge. But Peter decided to see for himself. So he bolted out of there, and minutes later, he was back, confirming that the tomb was empty, except for the cloths they had wrapped him in. Who would steal Jesus' body, I had thought. What did it all mean? Well, we could have stayed there and participated in the frantic guesswork and blame that volleyed between the disciples, but Cleopas and I had had enough. We wanted to get as far away from Jerusalem as we could. We wanted to clear our heads and try to forget that the greatest man that we ever know knew was gone. So we started our seven-mile journey to Emmaus. As we dragged ourselves down that dusty, torturous road, we tried not to talk about Jesus. But we couldn't help ourselves. We reminisced and lamented. We argued and we wept over the life of our rabbi, his unsuspected death, and the mysterious disappearance of his body. We were so caught up in our heated discussion that I failed to notice that a man appeared next to us on the road and was keeping step with us. When he finally spoke, I nearly fell over in surprise. What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? He asked in a curious, almost comforting tone. I turned toward him, then immediately dropped my head before he could see my, see my tear-stained face. I was in no mood to discuss such a painful subject with someone I'd never met before. Cleopas could tell that I was overcome. So he asked the man, 
Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there? Amazingly, the man replied, What things? Like I said, I didn't feel stable enough to talk about the death of my beloved rabbi with this outsider, but I got caught up in that morbid fascination that we humans have for discussing disaster. So we told him all that happened about Jesus, our teacher and friend, being handed over and crucified. And we even included our personal commentary about how we thought Jesus was going to redeem Israel. We ended our story with the latest details about his missing body and the empty tomb. We waited for this man to express shock or sympathy, but instead, he rebuked us. You are such foolish people, he said. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things? I was taken aback by this man's bold critique, but I was also fascinated by the words he was saying. He went on to talk about all the scriptures that spoke about the Messiah and his suffering. He showed surprising wisdom and insight, and I wondered who he was and why he spoke with such great authority. I wish I could remember everything that he said, but it's a blur to me now. It's typical that the most important events in your life, the life-changing events, like your marriage or the birth of your child, when you think back on them, you can't remember them clearly. The details just slip through your hands like sand. At the time, I didn't even realize I was getting information that would alter my life forever. Well, finally, we arrived at Emmaus, and we pressed the man to stay with us for a meal. I think at that point, we thought he was either a crazy man, or he was a wise sage that could teach us more. Either way, he needed to eat. So we sat together around a table and passed the bread and drink to him. Now, pay attention, because this is the good part. This man took the bread that we passed him, he stood up, he prayed a blessing over it, and he broke it. I can't adequately explain what happened next. Have you ever been in a really dark room and then light suddenly floods the room? You see spots and then blurs, and then finally a clear image emerges. That is pretty much what happened. As this man stood in front of us breaking the bread, my eyes were filled with spots and then blurs. And then I saw him so clearly. It was Jesus. I was scared for a second like maybe the roof had fallen on me and I died and was seeing Jesus in the afterlife. But then I realized it had been Jesus all along. I wanted to run to him and hug him. But before we could embrace him or say anything to him, he disappeared. Cleopas and I were left to try to make sense of things. We thought over all that he had said to us and realized that truly our hearts had been burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures. However, we did not fully understand what he was saying until we recognized him. 
And then our sorrow and confusion were transformed into joy and understanding. We had walked with the risen Jesus and had not known it. We had learned about the purpose in his life and death from his own lips. He is alive. He is with us. He is Lord. I have replayed the hours of that first Easter over and over again in my mind, trying to understand everything that happened. The main message of Jesus is clear now. We had misunderstood his purpose on earth. We thought he had come to save Israel from Rome's rule over us. But instead, he had come to save the world from sin's rule over us all. In order to do that, he had to suffer and die, then defeat death to be raised from the dead. That is what Easter is all about, celebrating the defeat of death. After walking with Jesus, listening to him, and recognizing him for who he really was, I accepted this defeat of death, and I committed to follow Jesus. Unfortunately, following Jesus was not as simple as I thought it was going to be. Though Jesus walked with us and talked with us and showed us amazing truths in the weeks after his resurrection, he did not stay on earth for very long. Before we knew it, he ascended into heaven and we had to figure out how to live as his followers without him. We didn't know how to recognize him or hear his voice without him being there. To be honest, we didn't hear his voice so well when he was there. I struggled with this new kind of interaction with Jesus, wondering how I could hear from someone that I could not see. But after much thought and reflection, I finally realized that Jesus had already shown me how to interact with him. He showed me on our journey down the Emmaus Road. Everything Jesus did with us that first Easter day was supposed to teach us how to hear him after he had left earth. Let's think back. The first thing he did was find us on the road while we were where we were walking, and he walked with us. For a while, we didn't even know he was there, and when we noticed him, we still didn't know it was him. But he was there, and he still walks with us today, though not in the same physical way. Instead, he sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost so that we would never be without him. You may not know it's there, but we have his spirit inside of us, guiding us, comforting us, inspiring us. So though Jesus may not be scuffing up the dusty road next to me, he's still in step with me every day because his spirit is here. How else did Jesus speak to us that day? He went straight to the scriptures and let the words speak for him. He pointed to all that the scriptures said about the Messiah in order to explain who he was and why he did what he did. Jesus still speaks through the scriptures today. The Bible is not just a bunch of stories written long ago and far away. It is a megaphone for the voice of God. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus speaks when we open the scriptures. In fact, it is the main way Jesus speaks to me now. 
When I read from the scriptures, it is as though Jesus is showing me all over again who he is and what I am expected to be as a follower. Consequently, when I don't open the scriptures, I usually don't hear from him. In those times, I'm essentially stuffing my fingers in my ears, cutting off all sound. In order to keep the channels of communication open, I try, but sometimes fail, to read the scriptures every day, familiarize myself with its words and its people. That way, Jesus can speak to me every day as clearly as he did that first day he opened the scriptures to us. There's another way that Jesus spoke to us during our Emmaus encounter. It was actually the way he revealed himself to us. I'm sure you've been asking yourself the same question I asked myself over and over again after my walk with Jesus. How did I not recognize that it was Jesus on the road? My answer is, I truly don't know. Maybe our eyes were blinded, or maybe our lack of faith or despair kept us from seeing the truth. But whatever the reason, we did not recognize Jesus for who he was until we shared a meal with him. That strange fact alone has taught me so much. Jesus communicated himself to us through our fellowship together. We gathered together, we had a meal, and shared a blessing. And that is how Jesus showed us who he was. We had spent many a meal with Jesus during his ministry on earth. And each time we watched him break bread in the same way, offer up a blessing with the same quiet gratitude. It became familiar to us, dear to us. It was one important way we experienced Jesus. And that is how we finally recognized him for who he was. I think we recognize Jesus and hear his voice today through our fellowship with other believers. Not only does a community of faith nurture us, help us interpret scripture, and experience God's mercy and love with us, a community provides ways for us to remember Jesus through baptism and the table of the Lord's Supper. Jesus also speaks through those saints who sit at the table with us, those who have walked the same paths with Jesus we are and have the worn-out shoes to prove it. Just as Jesus revealed himself to us in our Emmaus Fellowship and Community, Jesus also reveals himself today through the people and fellowship of the church. It's really amazing that Jesus still walks with us and speaks to us today. After coming to earth as a human, suffering, and dying a terrible death, then defeating death for us, you would think his job would be done. But he continues to work in the lives of his followers by speaking to us and guiding us. You may not ever hear the audible voice of Jesus as I did on the road, but that does not mean Jesus is not speaking to you. Jesus speaks to those who walk with him. He speaks through the scriptures. He speaks 
through the Holy Spirit. He speaks through the fellowship of the community of faith. Jesus may not be in physical form with us today, but he is walking with us and is speaking to us in many ways. You just have to pick up the scriptures, gather with believers, and listen. And that is what I learned on my walk down the road with Jesus. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we cannot thank you enough that you came to this earth and suffered and died and defeated death for us and that you still walk with us today speaking to us. It is our prayer this morning that you will help us to listen. Help us not to put our fingers in our ears and forget to open the scriptures. Help us to read your word. Help us to listen for your spirit when it speaks. Help us to gather together and experience you as we fellowship. Lord, we want to hear from you. Clear our minds and our hearts from all that distract us. And help us every day to walk with you, to recognize you for who you are, and to listen. It is in your precious name we pray. Amen.